You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Up Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Alexis Burek, New York photographer and writer. So welcome, Alexis. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you for being here. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get started with photography? Um, So I like to consider myself a multidisciplinary creative. I've always had a number of creative outlets and disciplines that I've explored over the years. And I came to photography actually through one of my majors in college, which was the ever practical cinema studies. Um, (laughs) uh, So for those people who don't know, you can study film via either a production track or you can study it like you would study English, which is studying it as text. So that is what I studied as one of my undergraduate degree majors at NYU. And I really feel like that gave me, that ended up becoming a lot more practical than I thought it was going to be. It really sort of laid the groundwork for me to become interested in visual arts. It became, I became interested in cinematography and all of those different aspects. So that I incorporated still photography as a byproduct of that interest in, in my life. And then wedding photography became a business interest of mine after my own wedding. Okay. And so as a photographer and writer, would you define yourself as, you know, one more than the other? Well, I think that at this point in my life, and I'm in my mid-30s now, I understand that at least what is true for me is that at any given point in my life, one of the disciplines might come into sharper focus, pardon the pun or don't pardon the pun, (laughs) than others. And I I do firmly believe in cross-pollination and that we're so much better for allowing our creative disciplines to intermingle. But at the same time, I do think that there are times that you just need to to focus on one more than another. And so for me in the early years, I was I was theater. I mean I was theater a hundred percent almost I would say performing musical theater, singing, straight theater, all devised theater, all sorts of all sorts of theater was really the main thing that I that I did. And then as I began to become more exposed to other forms of art and interested in other forms of art, that focus for me began to shift. So to me, it's it's interesting to see the different ways that, you know, you can think that you're suddenly on a different path entirely than how you started, but you can find that the threads will then weave back and, and you know, allow you to see certain things in new ways. So yeah, I think it's it's kind of a mix. And how did you end up starting the wedding business after your own wedding? So I planned my wedding in 2011 and got married in early 2012. And one of the things that I really that really impacted me about the experience of going through my own wedding was that I had no <laughs> I had no idea how important the wedding photographer's role 
was in the role of the wedding. I mean, it just, it never even dawned on me that this person was going to be around me (laughs) all day during this really emotional day. You know, I mean, I think it's, it just, it just never crossed my mind. And the photographer that we hired was just so kind. He was so present when he needed to be present. And then he was so just gentle and, you know, in the background when he, when it was better for him to be in the background, I always just felt very supported by him, but never, he was never overbearing. And then when the photos came back, I mean, you know, I treasure those photos tremendously. And it was, it was a real sort of aha moment for me as someone who had a lot of work to do around unpacking the idea that I would always, if I were going to be an artist, I was always going to be a starving artist, right? Like, I think that that sort of money mindset is drilled into a lot of creative people when they're, when they're young is this idea that, oh, if you're a creative or an artist, you don't make money, that they're just these two separate things. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I was always kind of looking for something where I could be creative and, and I could make money. And I had never run my own business before, but I knew that if I wanted to do things my own way, and I'm a stubborn Taurus, like I'm <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> a stubborn human beyond astrology. Um, if I wanted to do things my own way, I was going to have to figure out how to be how to foster my own creativity and keep that sort of keep that you know energy moving forward. But I also needed to learn how to how to be a business. So for me, when I had my own wedding and we and we paid our photographer and I I really appreciated what he did and how he did it, I thought I could do that. I I thought I, you know, I might as well just try and see. And and for me, it was always that that mix of this feels like theater to me. This feels like a performance where, you know, I'm showing up and it's a time-based situation and I'm it's a, about being an emotional presence with people and and knowing when to leave the room or when to stay in the room or all of those things that really I think allow for you and the people that you're with to to feel to just feel at ease with each other and then to me that's always that's always how I was able to create the to create the work to create the best photographs. So I think it was all very organic the way that it happened and I I worked with a number of other photographers the first year that I was trying to see if it was for me and then I started City Love Photography in 2014. I love that your own wedding experience informed your business because it's the same with me. You know, I had been shooting weddings before I got married, but mm-hmm. When it came down to our wedding photography and the whole experience we had there, there are so many points that ended up, you know, informing how we communicate with our couples, informing how we even shoot the wedding day and come up with the timeline. And I think it's so fascinating to like bring your own personal experiences into your business. So can you tell us what kind of personal experiences with your wedding have informed the way that you do business as a photographer? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that that's, that really points to, for me, the ultimate reason that I was drawn into the wedding industry and felt like it was a place that could become my home was that I think even the fact that you're asking me that question is, I just found that everyone in the wedding industry had an underlying understanding of empathy. And so for me, whenever I would meet another wedding vendor, it was someone who just knew how to 
understand other people and tap into what their needs were in relation to their own and to really like make space and hold space and create space and celebrate you know that empathic connection that we have with other people so i really think that as someone who who values empathy tremendously i felt that from my photographer i felt it instantly and this was someone who i didn't i didn't hire i didn't hire the type of photographer that I am, if that makes sense. I was, I would not have, (laughs) I'm not my own best client. That's for sure. I mean, I contacted this photographer like a month out. I, you know, (laughs) had no idea what was going on. I needed so much education and he was very kind, you know, and, and gave, you know, walked us through what his process was and all of those things, but it didn't, you know, it didn't matter because ultimately I think that wedding photographers, part of the magic is that we're able to show up in any given space, in any given room and work, and be in the room and, and work with what's there. And for him to just, for us to meet him, I think we met him, or I was also, I planned my wedding long distance. I was planning it while I was at school in Chicago and we got married here in the New York area. And so, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of wiggle room and we flew in and we met him and you know, we were just immediately at ease with him. And then it, that experience was, you know, further confirmed throughout the day. So I think that just the idea that I am someone who valued that tremendously as a client, and I value that tremendously as a service provider, as a vendor, or as a, an artist or a creative person, that really at, at the core of everything that I do is this underlying sense of of empathy. And that was certainly something that I, I experienced from the client perspective on my wedding day and that I try to, you know, bring through 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 everything that I do. Now let's talk about empathy in business because I think right now, especially during the coronavirus pandemic, which is yeah. going on at the time of recording, um, <laughs> you know, empathy is something that's extremely valued both by couples, you know, and their vendors at this point. Yeah particularly in wedding photography. Can you talk a bit about how to express empathy in your business and how to make sure that those values come through to your clients? Mm, Oh, that's such a great question, especially now. So uh, to me, I really think that empathy is rooted in listening. And that I think is is so tremendously that's that's an important aspect of our business all the time but particularly in times of crisis which we are currently in but you know a, a pandemic is a type of crisis this is certainly an atypical situation for most of us but we you know everyone goes through crises whether you know you're managing clients who are experiencing the loss of a parent or a venue closing or 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 whatever you know things that come up because life continues during the wedding planning process i really think that for most people i root my sense of empathy in being a good listener for them in really hearing what they have to say, why they're saying it, and what what they expect, what their expectations are of that sharing. So I think that for in our current situation or in any situation that comes up, you know, where you're dealing with a, with a crisis for clients, 
and for you as a business or, or whatever combination thereof. It's really just about creating that space for communication and for deep, deep listening so that you can really understand what their needs are, what your own needs are, because I think that that's sometimes something that doesn't always get addressed for a lot of people who are empathic. It, it almost feels like oh, empathy is like a one-way street towards the other person's needs and without considering your own, which I think doesn't have to be that way, shouldn't really be that way. So when you can make space for understanding the, the needs at play, both yours and your clients, then I think you can really you know, have some powerful understanding and some powerful communication. I love that. And I agree. And I think that's so important, especially in wedding photography, which is such an emotional place for clients to be in. And I want to switch over now to juggling multiple creative outlets as a multi-passionate creative. So how are you finding the balance between your disciplines? Uh, I don't believe in balance. (laughs) (laughs) I go on. In my experience, I don't believe in balance. I don't believe that that's actually a thing. And maybe for some people it is. But I, as I think I was saying before about, you know, the sort of idea that I think there are times in your life where things might be more, more in balance, where you're finding the time to do things concurrently, where you're finding some really beautiful synergy between aspects of your creativity. But I do think that there's some times in your life where you just need to focus on one thing. So, you know, if I sometimes I do, I mean, I I do a lot of like self-work, business, coaching, all of these things. One of my core values is expansion and growth and learning and continuing to just, you know, center learning in my life, even after school. And one of the things that, you know, it's a pretty common exercise. And I think that there's a lot of value in it, but this idea of, well, what would your perfect day include? And, you know, it's like, well, I, I want to make sure that I meditate for mindfulness and I want to make sure that I'm eating the right food and I should definitely exercise. And then I'm going to work on my novel. And then I have to make sure that my clients all know that they're my priority. And then I have to talk to my husband. And then I, ha- and you look, you actually look at the hours in a day. And you just think, I mean, that always gives me tremendous amount of anxiety. And then you end up sort of creating this idea of balance as just another thing that you have to work into your life or your day somehow, which I don't know, for me just is, is not something that has, that has worked. I think that I'm, I'm coming to terms that at least for myself, it's really more about just accepting what needs to take focus at any given moment or what I deem as my focus at any given moment and just releasing any sort of self-judgment or the idea that balance is just another thing that you need to check off on your list and really just allowing yourself to or allowing myself to embrace when something in my life is calling its own focus or if I am deciding that something is going to be something that I'm focusing on rather than feeling like I need to do certain things a certain way every single day and call that balance. So let's talk about motivation, Mm -hmm. um, which is something I know a lot of us are lacking, especially during the pandemic. But even in general, you know, creative motivation can be difficult to find. So Mm -hmm. how do you stay creatively motivated? So 
I think that that's another thing like the idea of balance where I, especially in a time like we're in right now, which again is a crisis point, that we don't necessarily need to push for that motivation all the time or push ourselves or feel obligated to ourselves beyond wherever we're at in the moment. I think that sort of self-acceptance is is really important. When it comes to motivation beyond that though, so like not anything that where you feel like, oh, I'm just, I just should be doing something, which to me is like that's that that's like guilt or those are things where that's like an anxiety or fear-based brain and not like my actual creative brain. Like to me, the creative motivation comes from the sense of curiosity. And which is one of the reasons I love wedding photography so much. And I always will, right? Because to me, the motivation, the motivation for wedding photography is so clear. (laughs) It's, it's the people in the room. It's what's happening. It's the ritual. It's, I mean, I have always been endlessly curious about people and about intimacy and human relationships. And so to be able to have it as my work to show up at a space with all of these amazing, incredible things going on to be the person there to witness and document, I think that underlying sense of curiosity there has always been very straightforward and very potent and is what has kept me going back, you know, wedding after wedding after wedding after wedding. I think creative motivation in other disciplines can sometimes be more challenging. It's certainly also much more challenging, I think, to do creative things that are solely solo for yourself than when you do creative things in relation, which is part of why, as someone who has always had a very deep connection with writing and writing process, I have loved these years as a wedding photographer because that balance... that balance of being able to show up for other people and have the curiosity driven by others versus when i drive it myself based on my own you know internal things that that is a nice if if not balance we can say like counterpoint or you know positive friction point that creates a lot of interesting tension that keeps me motivated and in terms of developing your creative skills, you know, I think that's a big part of motivation as well as mm-hmm. finding ways to develop yourself. And, you know, skills like photography and writing both take a lot of discipline, a lot of education, and a lot of practice to grow and improve. So mm-hmm. how can photographers and creatives work on honing more than one creative craft? So one of the things that I recently have gotten more interested in is the idea of creative cross-training, which is the idea that we can improve skills, creative skills that we have, not only by doing that skill. So like, let's say for instance, photography, like there are baseline skills that we need as wedding photographers, and we can continue to do a photography-based education, we can continue to work. And though that is one way in which we can hone our skills, or let's use, I actually think that empathy is a good example for this, where empathy is a creative skill that we actually need as photographers, because that is one of the things I think that helps us trigger when to shoot, right? In order to create a photo, one of the skills you need to know is timing. And part of that for a wedding photographer is empathy. So you can you can continue to hone your empathy 
to create photos by going to a wedding every weekend and photographing. Or if you want to work on the baseline skill of empathy, you can do another creative discipline. You can do, you can write, you can go look at art and, and then, you know, think about your response to art. So there are ways in which you can be linear in your creative training. And then there's ways where you can creatively cross train the baseline skills that you are trying to develop. So I think it's interesting to think of how you can you know, involve both ways in order to really become a refined, polished, interesting, you know, unique creative. Because that's the thing too, is I think, especially if you're talking about being a wedding photographer, you know, you I think it's so easy to just watch the videos on YouTube and look at the photos that are coming out of, you know, everywhere and and replicate as you learn, which is a way, a very strong a powerful way to learn, which is, you know, through repetition and through um, replication, really, you know, not copyright infringement replication, but through learning from someone who's doing it. But then in order to actually really be able to put your own stamp on things, in order to actually be able to create your own voice, your own unique perspective, you need to move beyond just that replication stage or just those baseline stage stages and really learn like what it is that makes you, you. And to me, that that really comes from a combination of those more straightforward education opportunities and the ones that are a little more out there, a little more obtuse. Because once your brain starts making those unique connections between things, that's going to be what creates your own unique voice, you know, and, and that hopefully continuing to express that unique voice is also part of what keeps you motivated. And as a photographer and a writer... You've created multiple sources of income from your craft. So can you tell us a bit about diversifying income and how photographers could potentially accomplish that? I actually don't know if I'm qualified to answer this question. You could be super hypothetical with this if you want. (laughs) Okay. So in terms of diversifying revenue, I think that one of the ways that wedding photographers, photographers can look at it is as another, you know, creative opportunity. So when we look at buying opportunities for our customer base, one of the challenges with wedding photographers is that the core product that or service that we offer our clients is photography services at their wedding. We don't have a lot of repeat business. <laughs> we don't have a lot of people coming back for that <laughs> second wedding the same way they did for the first. No judgment if that, when that happens to people, but really that's not the business model that most of us are, are operating from. So we really have a challenging situation in terms of business models in order to be able to create other opportunities for us to work with clients and to serve them. So one of the ways to think about this is through tiering services or tiering products. So the closer you get to the to the source of your most energy and your most time. So in other words, if someone is going to purchase from me the absolute like core of my energy and my time that to me that's a wedding that is something that's at the top of my pricing tier 
So my weddings are, you know, they start in the $4,000 to $5,000 plus range. That is because I spend the absolute most time, personal time, energy on it. So in order to be able to diversify your revenue streams, you need as the business owner to create a model where you are not, you are able to create other opportunities within that tier for people to have access to things that you create. So it's not going to be you, it's going to be something you create. And so then you have, you know, products that you don't spend that much time on. Prints are a great example of that because that can really just be about marketing and not about you creating a new print every single time you sell it to someone. A lot of photographers I know also have a stream that's coaching or about you know being able to show up and do portfolio reviews for people, which is a specific amount of time, but isn't you know something that you have to put in like the what we do for weddings, which is you know upwards of who knows, like 50, 60 hours on every wedding or more. So Mm -hmm. for photographers who are looking to diversify their revenue streams, if they can start asking themselves questions about, okay, like really what, what do I, what do I really want to have as my core product and service? What takes me the most time? What do I want to be spending the most time on? Like, where is my value? And then what are the things that I can create in, you know, you can think of it almost in like concentric circles too, like outside of that thing that connect to my core value, but aren't the thing, but it aren't going to take me as much time. And then you can tear out, you know, the price of that to your client. So I think it all starts with kind of knowing for yourself what you want to be spending your time on, what you have as your core value, and then being able to creatively create you know, products and services in the tiers below that. That was fantastic. Thank you. And to start wrapping up our questions, I want to ask one more big one before we do some rapid fire questions for photographers. And I know empathy is so important in your business and in your life in general. And there's a lot of photographers who are having to have really tough conversations right now during the pandemic. And, you know, in general, sometimes you have to have tough conversations in business. Can you talk about approaching hard conversations from a place of empathy? Sure, absolutely. I think this goes back to the idea of really listening. And I think we can also so often feel in conversations that, oh, I feel this way and they feel this way, like we're on two opposite sides. And I think particularly, I mean, in the current crisis that we're in, pandemic, but really any crisis, I think coming into the conversation with the underlying the underlying assumption that really everyone just wants to to find common ground. Everyone wants to be on the same page. Everyone wants to find that thing that we can agree on. I try to have that underlying assumption about any of these difficult conversations. That you're not on opposing sides. It's not something that's combative. It's not confrontational. It's really about being curious about where you can find that common ground. And I think especially right now where there are a lot of difficult conversations being had, really just trying to keep that in the forefront of your mind. How can we find our common ground? Because it always exists. It really does. And I 
I firmly believe that it always, a common ground always exists between people. It's just a matter of, is everyone open enough and is our communication clear enough to be able to get to that common ground? And I think that, you know, in terms of pandemic, especially right now, like we are all really, this is not just another ad that you're seeing on Hulu, but we really are all in this together. (laughs) (laughs) And um, everyone has different given circumstances. I think this also is, you know, this is very difficult for our, you know, business model as a, as wedding photographers, but we can, we can absolutely find common ground. And I think everyone wants to find that common ground between vendors and clients. So coming into conversations with that as the underlying assumption, I think will will go a long way into being able to really find find that common ground or to be able to create it. All right. Well, let's go through some quick questions for photographers before we wrap up. Are you ready? I, I absolutely am ready. <laughs> what kind of camera do you use? Canon 5D Mark IV. What's your favorite lens? 50 millimeter, one, two. Natural light or artificial light? Combo. (laughs) Uh, Light and airy or dark and moody? Mm. I think I create more light and airy, but I love dark and moody. What is one piece of equipment you can't live without? Earplugs. Earplugs. Mm-hmm. Why earplugs? Because my hearing is very important to me. And once we get to the end of the night, popping in those earplugs, whew, what a relief with the music. <laughs> not, so it's not, wow. it's not something I use in the beginning of the day, but at the end of the night. Oh yeah, absolutely. You just blew my mind. I have to add that to my kit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The day after a wedding, I literally can never hear. That's fascinating. Okay. It really helps cut down on the wedding hangover. And what is one thing in your business you can't live without? You need a budget. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Cash flow is cash flow beyond your creativity. Cash flow is the most important thing in your business. And um, I've used, you need a budget for cash allocation since the beginning of my business. And it it really has saved me so many times. And I think, you know, especially right now and and any point of change or crisis for your business, yeah, knowing your cash flow is is really, really critical. And where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at citylovephotog or on the interwebs at citylovephotography.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. That was awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Megan. Thanks for having such an awesome platform for conversations for our industry. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.